When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I sent Winona and Gina down to Brenda's to be measured. These days, everyone treats actors so preciously, but I generally don't like to work on films that have a dresser for that star because it gets so fucked up. I just said, here's the address. Can you go down there and see this woman? I didn't want to go. (laughs) That is a weird (laughs) quote. Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm... I can't say my name, but if you say it three times, I will do this podcast with you. Sure, Spencer. <laughs> you know what, Spencer? I actually have something I want to discuss with you. One more time. I heard something funny <laughs> last week. Uh-oh. What's up? <laughs> when I was um listening to the White Lotus episode... <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't quite recognize uh, who who you got to do that interview. Uh, it was it was a lord of some sort. Yeah, um, that's me, Lord Spencer. <laughs> Elizabeth, you can't okay. you can't leave me alone with our guest. <laughs> <laughs> I just I wonder why you. Just continue this delusion, Spencer. (laughs) What's up, Elizabeth? We haven't seen each other in a long ass time. I know. I know. Um, I visited my sister up in Maine and we did. We we actually didn't do a lot of Maine things because it was really hot. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping we'd like go to the beach or like because they they live in Portland. So I was like, we'll go to the beach. And then we got up there and it was just so freaking hot. Yeah, gross. <laughs> my my sister was like, no, we're not doing that. Her fiance was like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> it's too hot. Like, and they, you know, like they have like animals and stuff. And he kept being like, we just, I can't leave the, like, I can't leave the chickens alone. Like, yeah, because <laughs> they're apparently that. very fragile <laughs> creatures, chickens. Um, I relate. <laughs> yeah, I did get to eat like a lot of good food though, and I bought like overpriced spices and salts and like a dessert wine. Ooh. But actually, the dessert wine was not overpriced. Um, but I definitely bought overpriced salt. <laughs> <laughs> and you celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday, I did. Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Did he like go out clubbing or anything? No, I worked. I worked. Everyone at my job was like, why are you here? (laughs) And I was like, I just took off like a very long weekend. Like I need money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The listeners, I mean, they hear us every week, but you know, we actually haven't seen each other in a long time, but so many things seem to have like gone by since we last talked. I mean, you did that amazing interview with Danny Glicker yes. from Angeline, which was so, yes, so good. So good. I loved it, Elizabeth. 
I, that was such a fun interview. Such a fun interview. He's like amazing to talk to. And he just, he, you can tell how much he loves his job and like what he does. Right. Uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I did the White Lotus interview. We talked about Nope yes. also, which was crazy. Since oh my I've, gosh, Nope is wild. And your interviews were incredible. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe both of those were done by the same person. It's insane. One right after the other. Like, that sounds so crazy. I don't know. Right? Right? And yeah, so much happened. So many designers. I did a Hacks interview. I did a Witcher interview. You've done a lot. You've I, done a lot. Yeah. The Bullet Train, which will may or may not be out yet. I don't know. But... So much. We've feels like we haven't talked in months. I know. It does feel like we haven't talked in months, but um It's almost like we died. I know. It's almost like we died. We died in each other's lives for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounded so dramatic, but appropriate because we are about to enjoy the company of some very dramatic characters. Spencer, what did we watch this week? <laughs> this week we watched one of my all-time favorite films, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I've been wanting to do this movie since we started a podcast, honestly. I think you did suggest it the first season. (laughs) And like, this is like one of those movies that like I didn't see until I was like, I think in college. Really? Yeah. Because it was like, I think it like fell under like the scary, like creepy movies. Like I like wasn't allowed to watch. Right. And so it was fun. I had only seen it once before. So it was fun to watch it again and like really take it in. Right. Yeah. It's, it is kind of creepy. Actually. I went back and watched it, you know, last night. <laughs> it explains why I was so messed up as a kid. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it, it is scary. And like, I don't, I, I forgot a lot about it. I think I had just like a lot of like, assumptions about it like i forgot how like confused the couple is at first yeah (laughs) like i just remember i'm like it's just these two ghosts who get pissed off that they're ghosts and someone else is living in their house i forgot all like the nuances and like i forgot about their caseworker like (laughs) she was incredible yes i love her it's such a it's a really well-written story, actually, and I'm just really excited to talk about it. I am, too. I am, too. Spencer, do you want to hit us with that summary? I would love nothing more. <laughs> Adam and Barbara's not-so-peaceful afterlife turn deadly when they summon the mysterious Beetlejuice in an attempt to haunt their home's new residents into leaving. And that is Beetlejuice. That is Beetlejuice, if you haven't seen it. Guys... We're entering spooky season. This is the perfect opportunity. Get to it. Get to work. (laughs) Get to it. And then get behind the wardrobe with us. We have the incredible director, Tim Burton, one of our favorites. And we also have another favorite, although we have not talked about her on the podcast before, uh, Aggie Gerard Rogers. You will know her from American Graffiti, Star Wars, Episode four, Return of the Jedi. Mm. Um, is that or is it episode five? <laughs> I'll be honest, the Roman numerals always throw me off with those movies. Six. Oops. Oops. Star Wars, episode six, Return of the Jedi. 
Pee-wee's big adventure. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the color purple for which she got her Oscar nomination. The Witches of Eastwick, yes. Fatal Beauty, Holes, and Rent. Oh, so many good ones. So many good ones. And uh, I think she I think I only found one interview, one or two interviews where she talked about Beetlejuice in particular. And she just seems like such a like fun character and so like i said there's not like a ton of uh information but she has done some interviews and she said to Elle about beetlejuice people were not completely totally aware of how wild it was going to be (laughs) which it's like no duh and then last night i watched like a short little interview with michael keaton and he talked to Tim Burton like three or four times because like, he was like, I really liked Tim Burton. But he was like, I just did not understand like what he wanted from me. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton was like, I just didn't know. And then I eventually just came up with something. Right. And it and Tim Burton was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Tim Burton, honestly. And I wonder, this is before or after... Michael Keaton did Batman with Tim Burton. I think this I is after. This, no, I think this is before. Really? Because this is, um. hold on, let me double check because I'm bad with dates. Oh, yeah, 89. So he did Beetlejuice first. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So he did Beetlejuice first. That clearly was like, yeah, this dude's nuts, but I'll yeah. give it another go. <laughs> it's Batman. How well, crazy can it yeah. get? Yeah. <laughs> You can't get too crazy, but like clearly, like he really, he really, he was like, he really liked Tim Burton. So he was like, he's apparently, it seems like Tim Burton's just like a nice guy. So everyone's always like, yeah, I'll work with him. And I mean, uh, Aggie also did Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And I'm telling you, Elizabeth, your favorite. We're doing it next season. Like it's just, that's one of those ones that I'm not going (laughs) to give up on. Okay. How about we'll do it for your birthday? That would be fun. And then I will do what I really want for my birthday. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Next year. (laughs) Anyway, Spencer, are you ready for a little little nap, nappy nap, before we get this started? Yep. I'm going to go read my rule book for dead people and prepare. Yeah. Everybody, take a little rest before we enter Beetlejuice. Hello, Blogcast listeners. It's Elizabeth Joy Glass, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume Blogcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all your support. If you wanted to continue your support, you can now become one of our costume mavens when you become our patron at patreon.com slash theartofcostume. There we post unheard bloopers, highlights, and you can even catch our monthly bonus episodes for patrons only. Make sure to check out the description for a link to our Patreon. I don't know. <laughs> I rated talking about Beetlejuice, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh 
the worst. I said that and my brain just was like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> we have our main characters, Adam and Barbara, played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. I had forgotten this was Alec Baldwin. I, yes, it's so funny I, you say that. Every single time I watch this and I have to retrain my brain to be like, that's Alec Baldwin. Yeah. It's like I vaguely remembered him. And then I was watching and I was like, because like the voice, I was like, wait, is that Alec Baldwin? And I looked up on IMDb <laughs> and I'm like, damn, Alec Baldwin like looks different. Yeah. He, <laughs> he looks so super weird. different. I mean, obviously, he's like 20, 30 years older. So obviously, he's going to look different. But it's like, he really looks different. Yeah, he looks... I mean, they to me, it looked like different people. The Alec Baldwin we know today compared to that Alec Baldwin. Because yeah. my memory remembers like Beetlejuice, Alec Baldwin. And then there's like a big old blank period. And then he's cat in a hat, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I always... I think of him as Alec Baldwin from um, uh, Thir- 30 Rock. Yeah. Is that that show? Uh-huh. I've never watched 30 Rock, but <laughs> I, I forget what channel it was on. But I guess we must have watched another show on it because I would always see the previews. Yeah, it's NBC. For it's, NBC. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Growing up, I would always see the previews for it. So, like, he's stuck in my brain as, like, that Alec Baldwin, which is very different from Beetlejuice Alec Baldwin. <laughs> but anyways, these two characters, um, Adam and Barbara, I love Adam's look because he just looks like such a typical, like, 80s dad. Yeah. They both just look like 80s parents. Like... And they're like, I, I'm so sad for them because they're just out here in the country living their best lives. She's how ha- she has this great floral, like it's not, it's like this job dropway stress. I want to call it a muumu, but it's definitely not a muumu. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got a little more style than that, but it's like they're clearly just like they're content and they're like ready to start their lives in this their new beautiful home. Right. And they're just like the typical like all American 80s couple. <laughs> it gives strong like prairie vibes like with all yes. the like wallpaper, her look, her prints are just like strong yeah, prairie vibes. But the thing about Tim Burton films though is that his, you know, the, the time period is always hard to pinpoint. Like this movie you know, came out in the 80s, but I'm not sure that it takes place in the 80s. Um, but if it does, he always makes it feel like very timeless. kind of like timeless. Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint. The same with, you know, uh, another big one is uh, Edward Scissorhands. You know, you're like, what time period does this take place? So that's why I love Tim Burton films. Yeah. Well, I thought until I watched it this time, I always just kind of assumed it had come out in like the early to mid 90s. Mm hmm. Then it's like, no, this is 89. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love them. And I, I love that these are the looks they're stuck in. I know. <laughs> because they're just, when it comes to like the new residents changing their house, it they ju- it just puts them so out of place. Right. <laughs> um, especially out of place compared to Lydia. Uh, Winona Ryder. This is where my crush on Winona Ryder started, was Beetlejuice as Lydia. She's just so dreamy in this film. She is like the goth kid we all wanted to be in middle school. Yeah. Like, that's that's what she is. Like, her her silk shawl 
gave me strong flashbacks to when I, I had fingerless lace gloves <laughs> in middle school. <laughs> um, but the process for creating her wardrobe was a little bit different. Aggie was talked about it to Elle magazine. She said, we would just go into the vintage store American Rag and start looking at the racks. It's not like we were all huddled around the same rack. Winona looked at one rack. I looked at a, another. Then I would say, here, try this on. Try that on. Her mom and dad just stood there. And I'm sure they had never seen anything quite like that either. I had already done a lot of the other characters. So I knew the direction I wanted to go in with this goofy kid. I am obsessed with this quote. I... I've never thought of something like that before, that the actress, Winona Ryder, is standing there with the costume designer and her parents as yes. going through racks. That's crazy. Because she was like 15 or 16 when they filmed this. Right. She was like super young. And I was like, yeah, we just we just went to American Rag and just, just found stuff. So her wardrobe is like secondhand and vintage of course, for I the most that. part. And it's... It's so incredible. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly how this very strange, rich girl would dress. Right. <laughs> she, <laughs> I just love all her looks. She wears the big hats. She wears veils, lots of lace and chokers. I mean, just like so many details in her looks, but it's all in black. So you have to like really just like look at the different silhouettes on her. It's so cool. One of my favorite film characters of all time, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, because she is always wearing all black, It's it can be hard when you're watching it to see the details. But when you really look at it, it's like you just see more and more and more, which I love. Um, <laughs> I also love when uh, Barbara, oh gosh, what are their names? Barbara. Adam. Adam. Uh, they're such generic names. I know. <laughs> Go to the underworld. I love how put out they are about being ghosts. <laughs> and I was confusing. almost like, yeah, I'm like, hang on. Do you like not understand death? Like, I feel like they're kind of upset about like not going to heaven. But also it's like, you're all, you're dead. Like, <laughs> calm down. But my two favorite characters in the underworld are <laughs> the receptionist, Miss Argentina, played by <laughs> Patricia Martinez. I like this. I have to do this Halloween costume one day. I love it because it is such like a pageant look. The hair, like the the collar she has behind her. But then it's like it was perfect for her her new job in the underworld because it looks like flames all around her because <laughs> she is stuck in the hell of being a public servant. <laughs> Elizabeth, close your ears. Her top kind of has like a Mars Attacks uh, <laughs> pattern to her top also. There's a character in Mars Attacks called the Martian Girl, played by Lisa Marie. And she has this long red and white kind of swirly pattern dress that she so creepily walks through the hallways. <laughs> it is so good. It's one of my all-time favorite costumes. I can't help but feel like the Miss Argentina look Kind of inspired that costume uh, about many years later. Mars Attacks came out in 96. So yeah, I just feel like it's kind of the same thing, even though it's not the same costume designer. But Tim Burton's vision is definitely showing through right here. You could definitely tell that his style definitely carries through all of his films. 
like some directors do always use the same costume designers, but like even when they love a costume designer, it's not possible to always work with the same one. So it is like really interesting to see where you can see like a director's like particular style or like quirks, likes and dislikes and like little places like that. Because it just shows you like how important that collaboration is with the director and costume designer. Right, exactly. That A lot of people think this is a Colleen Atwood film. It's not. Yes, this is not one of them. Um, also, what is not one of her works is the look of Juno, played by Sylvia Sidney. This is very clearly like, I feel like it's like what her family put her into. Right. Like in her coffin, because it's got like the high collar to like, you know, cover up her neck. It's got like, you know, the beautiful, I guess, like family pearls, another like trinkety little necklace that she probably just loved. And then it's like nice black suit, which is like, that's like something a family like you would put your family member in. But then it's also just perfect for being a caseworker. <laughs> It's very like office friendly wear. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like when she might have died in the film because it her look kind of has a little bit of an 80s look, but I don't yeah. know. It could also be like 70s, I think. 70s, 80s. Yeah. Also, she really had to think about what it might be my favorite character in this movie. Delia, played by Who Spencer. Delia is played by the icon, the legend, one of my heroes, Catherine O'Hara. I am obsessed with her. She played Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas. She's a Home Alone mom, if you love the Home Alone movies. And of course, she played Myra Rose from Schitt's Creek, one of the just best TV characters of all time. I love Catherine O'Hara, and to me, she's just, like, the best part of this film. I'm obsessed with her. She's incredible, and I kind of, like, remembered her. I forgot she was the stepmother. Right. <laughs> I thought she was just just the mom, the very eccentric mom. And I guess some people kind of see her as, like, an evil stepmother, and I'm like, no, she's not an evil stepmother. She's just, like eccentric and just wants to do her own thing yeah i don't see her any more evil than the dad i actually find the dad more annoying but yeah delia is so fun and her fashion is intense first of all everyone when schitt's creek came out everyone was calling Catherine o'hara the home alone mom no she is the beetlejuice stepmom like let's get that <laughs> straight but uh Catherine O'Hara's looks are so good. I love the dinner table scene where yes. she has like the asymmetric look going where she has like one long glove. Such a cool look. Yes. I love how much asymmetry she actually does because she has that look, which like I think that's her best look, the dinner party look yeah. in the whole whole piece. But then she also has that like silver jacket with the top hat where like <laughs> it's like half off her other shoulder. Right. And it's just very wild and extreme. Um, I also love, oh, maybe this is my favorite. I don't know. It's a tie between <laughs> this and the dinner party look. But when she's in the kitchen cooking <laughs> and she has what I think she believes is like a housewife look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is just this long sleeve white blouse that is just like so billowy and then these wild 
red like drop crotch pants with suspenders yeah it's really confusing and i love i love every second of it my favorite look is when she's sitting at the table and she has the glove headpiece in her oh hair oh my gosh that is such a strong look and she's wearing gloves as well black and white stripes very tim burton like just this whole it's such a treat just every Catherine O'Hara moment in this film is just like art to me. It is. It is. And I love that headpiece as well. Cause Delia's just wild. Yeah. She is wild. And nobody actually understands Delia. But no. she doesn't care. <laughs> it's She's so just funny. gonna do what she wants. <laughs> it's so funny. And then like I love how Winona Ryder's character acts like she's the normal one and her parents are so crazy. And I'm like, yeah. look at this entire family. You are all campy and two to extreme. I don't see much of a difference between a stepmom and a daughter, you know? Right. And I'm like, because I, I don't know if it's mentioned or not, but like clearly her mother died. Right. Cause she's like they never referred to the mom i don't think but clearly her mother died and it's like what was your mother like (laughs) if this is how you are and this is who your father married who was your mother (laughs) right i don't know (laughs) oh but spencer 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 we have the myth the legend we have beetlejuice (laughs) oh my gosh michael keaton is so incredible in this role. Every single time, though, I look at him and I'm like trying to find Michael Keaton underneath there. It's so hard. It's such a transformation. You can't. It really is. And I, this, the we're looking at like the classic Beetlejuice black and white striped suit. And it's like this is so iconic because I knew this character before I ever watched the movie. Right. I'm just like, it is. Like, wild and crazy and, like, gross. But, like, you want to look closer because, like, it's, like, so intricate. It's, like, you look at even, like, his tie and it has, like, all these little buttons down the front of it. Oh, yeah. You're right. It's just, like, crazy. And then, like, I tried looking up, like, the the hair and makeup to see if there was any, like, behind the scenes for those. And I I couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, it's all so, like, thought out and just wild. Yeah, it's so confusing to look at, but yeah, so much detail. And I love how the suit looks like really worn and kind of like broken down on him. Almost looks like he's been sweating in it, which I don't know if Beetlejuice sweats, but I don't know. It definitely like, you know, it hasn't been dry cleaned in a while is what I'm getting no. at. You know? I don't think Beetlejuice <laughs> does any laundry. <laughs> but like even like the collar is like a little mist mishapped um mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's such an iconic costume you know this is up there with like costumes that define a generation almost you know yeah i've almost dressed up as Be- beetlejuice multiple times for halloween that would be horrifying i i can't imagine that on you i feel like that'd be really unsettling <laughs> Well, next time you're here for Halloween, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I have dressed up as Lydia before. <laughs> I think you were there oh for that. Oh my gosh, you can be... No, I wasn't. Oh yeah, you're right. You weren't there for that. Oh my gosh, one Halloween, you have to be Lydia. I'll be Beetlejuice. <laughs> we'll do the reverse of the wedding scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that idea. <laughs> uh, let's take a break and we'll come up with some ideas. <laughs> Yes. 
What's up, costume nerds? This is Spencer, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume Blogcast. I love the simple things in life. Free parking, air conditioning, and a nice comfortable hoodie. If you feel the same way, then I'm here to let you know that if you wanted to support our show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy awesome Blogcast merch through TeePublic, such as t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and stickers. We even have a baby onesie for all those baby costume designers out there. To get your merch, head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Thank you for all your support. for a serious haunting <laughs> i love every part of this film but like the second half is really strong the second half is wild i forgot that the family like wanted to do this whole like haunted theme park <laughs> deal i'd completely forgotten about that and when uh their case agent is like you gotta make sure you scare them and they come up with these wild heads i'm like These people, you forced them to dance. You did some wild things and they were still in for it. Like, you think this is going to scare them? Yeah, we blew it. (laughs) By the way, the dancing, incredibly iconic. I mean, anytime I ever see that on like YouTube or TV, I will stop what I'm doing and watch it. It is so good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but their mask, well, I don't know if they're mask, but they're... Their haunting looks are so creepy, especially Gina Davis's look. I don't know. That one would really spook me. Yeah. It's like they're like mutated birds, almost <laughs> these heads. Like his the, his head literally looks like a bird skull. <laughs> like that's just what it looks like. Yeah. And her head, it, it like it looks like she's like trying to eat somebody. And then you just look down and it's their like normal clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, That's not going to work, guys. But um, so fun. And can I just say that they're, the, the house that Catherine O'Hara transforms this place into is so beautiful. It is like my dream house. I'm just going to say that. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it definitely is not Barbara's dream house, but um, she does get to dr- wear her dream wedding dress once again when uh, Delia and her husband are being jackasses. <laughs> um, but I thought so. I look at this, and it's very eighties. Like my like this looks a lot like my mother's wedding gown. Yeah, this is an eighties wedding dress. This is an eighties wedding dress, and I just assumed like they made it for gina davis but then uh aggie talks to l about it she says like it was getting close to filming and she said let's just buy the wedding dress for gina davis so she went to brenda's bridal in dtla (laughs) and she said you know i need to have a couple of wedding dresses made for gina she's really tall and i don't really know what i want have you got any lookbooks of stuff that you make all the time i wanted it to be outrageous and stupid so she said here's a book right here i said can i bring it back in the next couple of days (laughs) so she just took these lookbooks and just took them to tim burton and was like hey 
Let's. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Just like a random 80s lookbook. But I'm like, you know what? That makes sense for Barbara because she's just like an average American woman. So, yeah, yeah, she went to a bridal shop and bought something fairly generic because she loved it. Yeah, And it was the style at the time. It wouldn't be something big and campy like all the other Mm -mm. characters, you know, just be something that you found in a book. It's it's so 80s. It's giving me like a dynasty a little bit like. Big puffy shoulders, yes. uh, dramatic veil, <laughs> the mm-hmm. teased curly Barbara hair. It's just <laughs> peak eighties. It is peak eighties, and it's it's peak eighties. I feel like there were two different kinds of peak eighties, and this is just kind of like for knowing for like what my mom wore and stuff. But there was like the peak eighties wedding dress with the huge puffy sleeves. Yeah, but there was like this like. Victorian like romantic revival in the 80s as well which I feel like is what Barbara has oh yeah where it's like big sleeves but lots of lace and demure and the long sleeves and the high neckline yeah not like the outrageous small gowns (laughs) a lot of women wore at the time (laughs) this is definitely a different kind of wedding dress we've seen on this podcast yes absolutely and it gets even wilder So, like I said, uh, Aggie took the book to Tim Burton and asked which one he liked for Gina. After he picked one, he said, how about for Winona, we make her this same dress in red. Wow. So, I clearly they didn't, ended up not going for the same exact dress, but he was just kind of like, yeah, let's just pick one of these as well and get it made in red for Winona. That's crazy. <laughs> the wedding dress store was like, um, okay, well, we don't have any red, but. <laughs> but I guess. Um, but I think that's so funny because like you assume all this work goes into every single one of these looks and it's like two iconic looks where it's just like, no, we sent them to the bridal store and Aggie really did send them to the bridal store. She told Elle I sent Winona and Gina down to Brenda's to be measured. I didn't even go with them. These days, everyone treats actors so preciously, but I generally don't like to work on films that have a dresser for this star or a dresser for that star because it gets so fucked up. (laughs) I just said, here's the address. Can you go down there and see this woman? I didn't want to (laughs) go. Oh, that is a weird (laughs) quote. (laughs) <laughs> she's just like okay. I feel like she she is just like no nonsense person right like I feel like she just doesn't deal with like any sort of nonsense and she was like yeah that's where they were getting their dresses made that place needed their measurements they just need to go down and get their measurements done right the costume designer is like I don't want to go to your fitting yeah <laughs> okay it's an interesting <laughs> choice but which I mean, like, it also makes sense though, because it's like she wasn't make clearly wasn't making any alterations herself. She was like, "Yeah, just go." Yeah, let me know what's done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but she was, you know, for all her no nonsense, she was collaborative. She said to L in the final scene of the film, Winona decides to wear her school outfit with that petticoat on underneath all by herself. That was her idea. I think she probably even brought that in herself. By the end of the movie, everyone in the production knew exactly what they were doing. Oh, that's cool. 
So she's like, oh, yeah, that was Winona Ryder's idea. Yeah. Just by the end, everyone's like, okay, I understand what Tim Burton wants in this freaking nightmare. <laughs> this wild, wild movie. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Like Winona Ryder's character goes from that like very vibrant red in a wedding to like this very like muted kind of like schoolgirl look. Like, yeah, clearly this is like peak her peak goth moment and she like snaps out of it a little bit it's like i'm gonna wear my petticoat but that's about it <laughs> yeah and it's like i love her relationship with barbara and adam he has such a generic freaking name in this movie i can never remember it i know it's hard <laughs> <laughs> i love her relationship with barbara and adam because she's the first person who could see them and she's just, like, very respectful of them. And they become very, like, protected of her. They're, like, her second set of parents yeah. <laughs> who, like, care that she does well in school and cares that, like, you know, she's not being taken advantage of by Beetlejuice. And, like, yeah. she's kind of, it's kind of, like, insinuated at the beginning that, like, they might not be able to have kids. So it's, like, they kind of, like, adopt her. And they're, like, oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna look after you for the rest of your life. Yeah, and this gives Catherine O'Hara's character to just, you know, be the crazy stepmom and work on her art. Yeah, um, yeah. It works out for everybody. Yeah, and I, f I feel like you can see that in that very last look. It's like, okay, she cares about school, but she's still going to be her, like, wild self. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that makes me sad about the end is clearly, like, the deal was that the, the house gets to turn back into, like, its old uh, self. I was like, no, don't ruin it. <laughs> I... I don't think so. I think they decided to like, I think they split the house. I was wondering that too, because it does go like down the middle, but I just can't tell if it's like under construction or if they split it. I hope they split it. I think they split it. I think like the upstairs is Adam and Barbara. And then I think the downstairs that was already done is for Delia and her husband. Well, let's see. Uh, but before we end, Michael Keane in that like very dramatic <gasps> 70s oh or 80s gosh. Napoleon Dynamite suit. <laughs> the like the burgundy <laughs> suit with the all the frills on the shirt. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. It's yeah. <laughs> the the note for Beetlejuice, it's like it's so bad it's perfect. You know? It is. <laughs> That's exactly what Beetlejuice is. It's so bad. It's perfect. And I think Spencer, ooh, it's been so long, but I think we need to play our favorite game. I'm very excited. Hit it, Daniel. The one costume to rule them all. Spencer, what was your one costume to rule them all? Mine was easy this time. <laughs> <laughs> it is... Uh, Delia Dietz's gloved look. I yes. love that look. It is so cool. It's so edgy. It's so fashion forward, but still like 80s. It's just, I love this look. I could look at it forever and ever. I want to recreate this look, but uh, might be a little crazy nowadays. But I don't know. I just feel like all of her looks in this film are so strong. I think the mm -hmm. dinner table scene is also like my other one costume to rule them all. Anything that Catherine O'Hara wears in this film, <laughs> like, that's my pick, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But um, gotta say, one, my one costume to rule them all is Beetlejuice's black and white striped suit. 
everybody knows that look. It's iconic. And it's also like iconic Tim Burton. Like you see that and you're like, oh, that's a Tim Burton character. Yeah. Like through and through. (laughs) And I also love that. It's like, it's actually kind of like an easy Halloween costume. You see people being Beetlejuice a lot. Yeah. Because like it's not it's not super difficult to put together no. some version <laughs> of this. And there I say, I've never seen someone do Beetlejuice and I actually felt like <laughs> it was really good though. It's always scary. No, it's always scary, but like, you know, that's kind of the point. No, no I, I think you made a good choice. That black and white is so iconic. Uh, so many people like kind of really tie Tim Burton to black and white which really isn't his thing. He really does love color, but it's because of this suit and this film, that black and white color scheme that uh, people really like resonate with Tim Burton. It all came from this suit. So absolutely. Uh, Elizabeth, I am excited. It sounds like they finally are giving Beetlejuice two a go. I know. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Cause I'm like, it didn't need a sequel. No, like it just didn't. But like, I'm excited for what, they're going to come up with. I'm excited too. I I love that they're doing like the Hocus Pocus 2 model where they're like, okay, it has to have Michael Keaton Mm -hmm. and it has to have like at least one owner writer and it has to be directed by Tim Burton. If everyone could come to terms with this, then we could do it. I'm glad it's not just like some random person doing a Hocus Pocus, a Beetlejuice 2. I know. So I'm very excited. I'm excited. If you're excited, you can... Let us know and leave us a very excited voicemail uh, at 626-515-1826. We're not going to answer the phone. We don't like talking on the phone. So just leave a message. We'll never answer. (laughs) And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod. I check the Instagram about 250 times a day. Um, follow us on TikTok at The Art of Costume. And don't forget to head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash The Art of Costume. Listen to all of our fun bonus episodes. We have a lot of great stuff on there. And finally, don't forget to go to the merch store and get yourself a hoodie. It is getting cold, hopefully, yes. by the time this comes out at theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Yes, please do. And if you liked this episode, if you want to support our podcast, um, but cannot do so financially, that is fine. If you could leave us a little five-star text review on Apple podcast, that would be extremely helpful and appreciated. Spencer, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching a film that I somehow have still never seen. <laughs> Disappointment. The Phantom of the Opera. I, I'm like really excited to see it because I've never seen it. Everyone talks about it all the time. I feel really left out. It's time. I'm excited for you to see it. Um, I watched it for the first time in like years the other day. And... I love this movie, but I definitely feel like people romanticize it a lot. (laughs) But then also, I'm like, the costume game is just on point in this film. (laughs) I'm so excited. I mean, I know some of the music, you know, so I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Spencer, Spencer. (laughs) Everybody have a great week. 
The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. imagining like you and i in these <laughs> that'd be so fun we need to do it oh my gosh so like one of my goals for after we're done rec- done the bulk of our recording next week is i have a corpse bride that i need to finish i want to finish my um wandavision dress and then i'm like i need to decide what to do next i think i am gonna do for this halloween I think I am gonna um, do the angel one of the Angeline looks. Oh, nice! <laughs> Just because it was so that like that the look I want to do in particular was so much fun. The UFO look. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I feel like I basically watch a show at this point because I listened to your interviews so many times and had to do like TikToks and whatnot. So <laughs> good, good, good. Um, um cut all that anyway. Out, Daniel. <laughs>